The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Paganism, shamanism, what do these ideas mean to you? Did you know that a lot of controversial views on these topics are based upon misconceptions? Welcome to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk, a.k.a. Susie Peltier. We will explain these practices in depth and provide new opportunities and perspectives to change your life. Now, here is Lady Red Hawk. I'm Lady Red Hawk, and this is Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs. Today's show is the ABCs of Beautiful Altars and Powerful Rituals. I'll be taking some commonly asked questions, exploring the techniques and principles that are the building blocks of creating beautiful altars and powerful rituals. This is going to be a great show for people who want to start a ritual practice or want to start a circle or for those who want to deepen their uh, personal practice or their group rituals. I'm going to cover some of the basics of building altars, banishing, circle castings, invocations, and so much more. So do call in if you have a question. It's 1-866-472-5795. 1-866-472-5795. Or email your questions to... Info at SusiePeltier.com or you can go to Spiritual Seekers Radio on the Facebook page. So that's www.facebook.com slash Spiritual Seekers Radio and post your question there. While you're there, please download um, a sample ritual format, which is my gift to all of you. It's a free download and it will help you um, create your own rituals and um, create your own practice. So that's uh, free. Just go to uh, Spiritual Seekers Radio on the Facebook page and uh, download it. So while you're there, leave me a question or a comment and like us for sure. That'd be cool. Okay. Um, great. Now, I, I'm also ha- really happy to announce that my guest for the next two shows, the the March 12th and March 19th will be Raven Gramasi, acclaimed neo-pagan Wiccan author with over 14 books published on neo-paganism, Wicca, and witchcraft. This is going to be really fun. Uh, next week's show is going to be Old World Witchcraft and Greenwood Magic. And in it, uh, Raven and I are going to be discussing such questions as, is nature self-aware? Can we communicate with uh, plants? And if so, what can we learn? So it's going to be a great, great show. Then he's going to follow it up on the 19th with 50 Years of Witchcraft, Where to Now? This discussion is really topical because 
um, like many of the world's religions, it's evolve or die. And uh, Wicca experienced a resurgence, but a lot of people come to Wicca and they've been wounded by dogma from other religions, and yet they kind of don't know how to be not dogmatic about their spiritual practice. So um, Mr. Gramasi and I are going to be talking about um, where Wicca and witchcraft are going to go from here and um, cover some of the history of the last 50 years during the resurgence. So that's going to be a really fun show. So please um, remember, too, that you can always go to the link um, that you're listening to now and um, uh, voiceamerica.com, the Seventh Wave Network, and punch in my name and you can go to any archive of any show that way. So if you've missed anything along the way, please um, uh, go there. Now before we get started, I'd like to say that while there are many traditions in Wicca, they're like denominations in Christianity and the traditions vary widely in their perspectives and practices. But we agree on two points. Wicca is a nature worship having nothing to do with the devil. So there is no devil in Wicca. Also, because the traditions vary so widely, I'm not pretending to speak for all Wiccans. I am just proposing my practice, a tradition that I've developed over the last 20 years called Taoist Wicca, and I'm fortunate to have some other people practicing along, and that goes out as far as Ireland and Peru, so I'm really uh, delighted that it's spreading, and um, you can find out more about that at the facebook.com uh, forward slash Taoist Wicca page, so it's a spiritual coaching system as well as a spiritual practice. And right there, I have just recently posted a video explaining Ostara or Spring Equinox, which is coming up uh, on actually March 20th this year. So you can view that there. So remember, if you have any questions um, or comments, please call in one 472 5795 or info at suzypeltier.com. Or go to Spiritual Seekers Radio and post your question there. And that will open it up for discussion and comments from uh, the rest of you listeners. Because what I'm going to be proposing today is one way to do it. And how I kind of came by that is that I was really a healer looking for a healing tool. I knew that shamans had been using ritual for healing for thousands of years, but nobody was really talking about it except the witches, which is kind of how I got involved in all of this. But the, the main search has always been, uh, how, why is ritual vacant from the culture and how do we reincorporated into our lives so that um, our lives are richer. So I'm going to be talking about altars and uh, rituals today as kind of the summary of what I've uh, gleaned over these many years. So um, I first want to kind of talk about uh, what Joseph Campbell had to say about ritual and that ritual is an, the opportunity to act out a myth. So ritual creates a, a context, 
uh, for what we would call the axis mundi or the center, the sacred center, where the temporal experience meets the eternal experience. And when you have one where at the center time seems to stop or distort, you've created sacred space. You're now in an altered consciousness. Your brain wave has changed from the ordinary to what we could call non-ordinary reality. And you have a safe space within that ritual circle to act out or live out the experiences that you are um, experiencing, what we would call on the astral plane or in that altered state of consciousness. And a ritual is an opportunity to share that opportunity with other people. It's one thing if you're a solitary practitioner, it's one thing to cast a circle and uh, allow your uh, consciousness to uh, drift and alter and you through that have an ecstatic experience, a sense of communion with the divine. And a ritual is a way you can do rituals for yourself, but also think in terms of a ritual as a way of sharing it. You can make a lovely dining experience for yourself, or you can create a dinner party in which um, others come and share in the feast with you. And um, that's just a personal expression of your creativity, just just as in the kinds of food you, you use, uh, the spices, the decor, all of that has to do with personal taste. Well, the same thing is true for um, your ritual style. It can be very simple. You can do it buffet. <laughs> you can uh, pull out the good silverware and the good china and dress it up with napkin holders and all kinds of things if you want to go that far. So a spell then is the a quick audience with the divine where you plead your case you want something to happen and you get your mind and your your being focused on that thing and you kind of ask the universe for that thing and then having had that audience with the divine you thank them and you leave and go about your business that's um, a spell so a spell doesn't have to be particularly simple or uh, it doesn't have to be particularly elaborate. It's a very straightforward process. A little bit the difference between, you know, you can say most food is nutritious and if you had a, a, a nutritious um, whole foods near you, but you decided, you know, you weren't up to creating a whole sit-down meal, you could go in and and grab something to go and take it home and eat it without much muss or fuss. The same would be for true uh, uh, spell. It's still nutritious, but it's ritual fast food <laughs> versus a feast that's prepared and simmered for quite some time. So <clears throat> um, when we... Uh, when we come back... So before I leave this point... What you're beginning to do is separate out the secular of daily life and from an experience that's non 
ordinary that is sacred to you. And that's where altars come in. Uh, you set up an altar in your home as to designate a certain space that is sacred so that when you go into that area, you are triggering your consciousness to tell you, okay, now it's time to go deeply into my spirit. This is a place reserved for spirit. And this is the way we begin to, we use symbols to trigger that. So everything on your altar is a trigger for uh, that deep symbolic reference that takes you into an altered state of consciousness. So if you haven't already, please go to Spiritual Seekers Radio on the Facebook page and download the sample format. And I will be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Susie Peltier, Lady Red Hawk, offers private sessions of massage therapy, hypnotherapy, spiritual consultations, Reiki sessions, and trainings in San Francisco, California. She is available for in-person lectures as well as webcasts on a variety of topics such as stress management, holism, motivational speaking, and developing personal spirituality. Susie can also personalize a healing session or a spiritual consultation for you through Skype or by phone using hypnotherapy and distance sessions of Reiki. Susie is a reverend with the Universal Life Church and a third-degree Wiccan priestess performing interfaith pastoral duties such as hospice and family counseling, in addition to a variety of personalized rites such as weddings, house clearings, and memorials. Susie is currently taking applications for students in Wicca and offers circle trainings as well as priest and priestess initiation study programs. To find out more about Susie as a healer, teacher, and priestess, visit her website, www.susiepeltier.com. Email her at info at susiepeltier.com or visit the Facebook page to find out more about Taoist Wicca. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. You are listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about this week's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at suzypeltier.com. Now, back to Spiritually Speaking. Welcome back. We're talking about beautiful altars and powerful rituals. So um, I hope you've managed to go to the uh, Spiritual Seekers Facebook page to download your sample ritual format. Um, if so, do that quickly because I'm about to uh, jump into that. I just want to say that... Um, the uh, the show is doing very well, thanks to you all for listening and for passing on the uh, the 
great comments to your friends. So because of that, we've got some great sponsoring and guest opportunities available. So if you're interested in doing that, um, please uh, send me your information at info at suzypeltier.com. So <clears throat> an altar then is a sacred a place set aside in your secular world, in your home where your daily life takes place. But it's a place where you have said there's room for my life for the sacred. And you place on the altar something that represents each of the directions. So you have... Um, in in Wicca commonly, now these associations vary from trad to trad, but uh, nevertheless, each uh, tradition, and this is roughly how they would look at it, powers of the east are rulers of air, and so things, feathers, incense, and oftentimes an athame or a dagger that uh, can kind of cut through the the mental bullshit for clarity. Um, sometimes the wand is placed there because it was once thought that uh, because branches um, uh, dangle in the wind, you might say that they are part of air. So some some traditions put them there. Um, so for south and fire, you could put a candle. You could also put your wand. Wand was... Uh, was once associated with fire because it was thought that the wood itself held the fire. Um, and uh, so candles, also mythical beings like dragons who breathe fire are sometimes placed there. Um, water would be a cup or a bowl of water. You could even combine... Um, water with earth by putting a vase with water and some fresh flowers um, and we often use salt as a reckon or, or crystals as a symbol of earth so with these kind of simple things in mind they kind of take you back your eye lights on these symbols and these symbols have been used for thousands of years with a lot of people feeding those symbols with focus to allow us a, a resonance or um, um, an entrainment, something that brings you along and kind of calms you down, but it reminds you that a lot of people have put their placed energy into these symbols, just like um, the crucifix is um, a common symbol of all that Christianity represents. The same would be true of the pentacle in in uh, in Wicca. The star. Um, <clears throat> so once you have these set aside, then you're looking to create a beautiful aesthetic with them. You place each of the symbols in the directions that they belong in. Generally, east is air, south is fire, west is water, north is earth. Um, again, traditions vary on these things, but this is one way to, you, can, you can do it. Um, you arrange the the altar in a way that not only do each of the symbols trigger um, you because over and over again you've trained yourself that these remind you of um, of powerful uh, thoughts, feelings, and the elementals. Um, 
So when you think of a feather and air and the powers of air, you can also think of um, wind, gentle breezes, but think also about how strong a um, a tornado could be. So all of these uh, all of these elementals, we couldn't live without their favor, if you would, if they. Um, if they go haywire <laughs> on us, we're in trouble. So <clears throat> uh, the other reason you set a, a, aside a sacred place is for the sake of beauty. Now, beauty is in the Native American tradition held as sacred. There's a blessing in Native the Native American um thinking, may you walk in truth and beauty. And beauty is held at a very, very high esteem. So to make beauty in your surroundings is um, is an act of godliness, if you would. <clears throat> and it's important to kind of recognize that whatever little sacred space, sacred focus and what the, what you're doing, the altar shifts your focus from the secular into the sacred. Even if you only have two minutes to, to sit with that and focus on it, you're taking in that beauty, you're taking in that serenity, you're taking in all of the messages that those um, symbols have to offer. And you're allowing that to calm your spirit, to bring your spirit forward, and to give you whatever teaching spirit has for you. So that's the reason you would bother with an altar. <laughs> um, and I like to, when I create a ritual with, involving other people, I also like to invite what I call the gatekeepers, the people who are calling the four directions, to bring a small altar for their particular element. The reason I do that is twofold. One, it creates like a tent post for the energies so that the energy is anchored within the circle at all four corners. But it also allows you, if you're moving in the circle, all you have to do is is put an eye on one of those altars and you know instantly what direction you're headed in. And because some of our magic is done going clockwise, the cre- creation magic we would call it, things that you want to bring forward and and into creation, and that which we want to release is done counterclockwise. So, it, having the um, the altars um, set up in the circle when you move around is also helpful logistically, so you don't get turned around. Okay. Um, I've been asked a number of times what the roles of the priest, priestess and, uh, are, and this is how it breaks down in, in my circle. And many of the duties between the people holding a title um, overlap. Um, <clears throat> and they do that for a reason. Everybody... I believe it's kind of everybody's responsibility to uphold the circle to make sure only uh, that which is called comes into the sacred space. 
and um, everybody helps each other move the correct way in the circle and so forth. So um, rather than thinking in terms of a a strict hierarchy that only those people having a title are capable of doing anything in the circle. I like to think of it as a little more egalitarian. If you noticed it and it falls to you, then it falls to you. You might not have the experience, in which case you tug on somebody's sleeve. But, um, And it certainly is an important question to ask if you're going to visit a circle. Sometimes um, they allow guests to do nothing. And in which case, you know, you kind of have to report to someone with authority to uh, report any difficulties. But the priestess represents the goddess in the circle. Uh, she, it's her job to kind of bring forth a dream, you might say. So each um, ritual is a kind of a collective dream space where we get together and form that together. But the goddess is the the driving force, the creative force. So um, the priestess's job is to kind of bring forth the sense of the goddess in, in the circle. The priest's job is to hold the space for that. And so he becomes her counterpart and... Um, the the yang to her yin, uh, so to speak. So um, the priest represents or embodies the divine masculine principle. The assistant priest or priestess, um, their job is to help the the priest and priestess. Um, oftentimes in my circle, the um, assistant priestess and, and priest help to set up the... Um, the altars and get us ready for the circle, um, puts the teams in place so that everyone takes part in setting up and breaking down and so forth. So the Whalen, which is not common to every circle, but it once upon a time was the black guard or the guardian of the circle and he remained outside of the circle. This was in the burning times when you needed a lookout and he would holler. And everybody would scatter. That's not so needed now, but if you're putting on a ritual in a public place, then you do need somebody who's designated to go out and encounter the the looky-loos or um, the park rangers or whatever. So the Waylon also helps take care of the individual members in the circle. If one of them starts to get dizzy or feel strange or something, it's the Waylon that first notices that and maybe they move to move over and hold a person's hand or, and, and if necessary, call the priest's attention to, um, to it. But mostly the, the Waylon kind of keeps the energy moving within the circle and protects the outer circle. So, these jobs overlap because we've all got eyes on the circle and in that way everybody is kept very safe and um, able to uh, keep their focus on holding the sacred space, which is an, an intention and a thought form you're, you're continually building, just like kids focus on 
the game of fort, and in order to talk to them, you have to enter their game. Same is true for um, a ritual circle. So I'm going to be right back. Um, please stay tuned. You're listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs. I'll be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Susie Peltier, Lady Red Hawk, offers private sessions of massage therapy, hypnotherapy, spiritual consultations, Reiki sessions, and trainings in San Francisco, California. She is available for in-person lectures as well as webcasts on a variety of topics such as stress management, holism, motivational speaking, and developing personal spirituality. Susie can also personalize a healing session or a spiritual consultation for you through Skype or by phone using hypnotherapy and distance sessions of Reiki. Susie is a reverend with the Universal Life Church and a third-degree Wiccan priestess performing interfaith pastoral duties such as hospice and family counseling, in addition to a variety of personalized rites such as weddings, house clearings, and memorials. Susie is currently taking applications for students in Wicca and offers circle trainings as well as priest and priestess initiation study programs. To find out more about Susie as a healer, teacher, and priestess, visit her website, www.susiepeltier.com. Email her at info at susiepeltier.com or visit the Facebook page to find out more about Taoist Wicca. Be Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about this week's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at suzypeltier.com. Now, back to Spiritually Speaking. Welcome back, and I am Lady Red Hawk, and I'm talking about uh, building beautiful altars and powerful rituals. So... I have a question, three questions that come to me from a faithful listener named Raul. And um, the first question is, what kind of offering should be made to the altar? And you have to remember that on the surface, uh, an altar is simply a place set aside and designated in your mind and heart as a place of beauty, respite, and spirit. So you're not making an offering to any of the icons on the altar. You may have a statue of Artemis or a statue of Anubis or Isis, but you aren't feeding the statue, per se. You're feeding the thought form and you're the divinity within yourself that you, that that deity reflects. 
because we have the divinity within ourselves that's shared by a goddess by a thousand names. And from a Taoist perspective, uh, the Tao that can't be named, that's also within us. So when we approach to make an offering, it isn't made to the altar particularly. It's made to the divinity within ourselves and the divinity of the natural world so that we can enter into a communion with that divinity. And that gives us the ecstatic experience when we sit and kind of meditate in front of the altar. And he also asks, finding a spot in your place to have an altar, and is that required? Um, no. Uh, if you are to begin to really seriously have a spiritual practice, it's highly recommended. Um, and you can, you can do it at home or even at the office. You can take something simple like a, a feather and a stone and, um, uh, from that, uh, and a vase of water, and there you have um, and, a, and a small candle or a little um, uh, incense holder. And you have all of the symbols right there. So it isn't imperative. You can practice because you can, you're practicing from the inside out. So as above, so below, as within, so without. So what you're attempting to do is make a, a spot in your home or in your office that is sacred and speaks to that sacred part of yourself. So it makes it easier to remind yourself that you're a sacred being if you have a reflection of that in your environment in some way. The last question he asks, are candles essential elements? And um, yes and no. If fire regulations don't prohibit it, uh, they are very useful because you can light the, the candle and watch its flame. And by watching its flame, you enter into a, a hypnotic trance. And from that trance, you can access the altered state of consciousness. Trance is an altered brainwave. And there are very, um, understood by science now, very particular methods for um, bringing yourself into trance. Having something beautiful to focus upon or focusing on the flickering of a candle um, or a bonfire or anything else puts you into a trance state. It changes your brainwave. And that's what's needed. But um, we just did Pantheacon a while ago, which was uh, a big pagan convention, and the hotel didn't allow lit candles. So we put the candles out as a reminder because once you get um, used to the idea – then it doesn't really matter if the candle is lit or not. You have the symbol, and the candle is lit in your spirit, regardless of whether it's actually lit on your altar. So thank you for those wonderful questions. So let me get to the sample ritual format. Um, I formatted it for a circle, 
Um, and you can adapt it pretty easily to yourself. You have only yourself to please on that, yourself and goddess. So it's a little bit easier to do. But if you're going to get groups on course, then there are several things you want to remember. First of all, it's important that the words on your script um, are not the most, the script is not the most important thing. The most important thing is that to get people speaking from their heart and you want to work in prose when you create a ritual or poetry or rhyme, things that speak in a slightly different language pattern than you are used to hearing it. Again, it's a way of defining sacred uh, from secular. So... The words of a script are only um, creative choices. If something doesn't feel right, um, substitute one that does and use it silently or offer it aloud. In this way, you discover your own vision and add it to the collective vision of the circle. So I've had a lot of times where people took umbrage at different words or phrases and and as they worked with the circle, they told me that by substituting the word in their mind, they became a little more comfortable with the differences in communication styles and languages so that even if they didn't particularly like that word or it made them cringe, they kind of grew a skin over it so they weren't so so sensitive to it because some people would like to participate in ritual and are still a little bit skittish about goddess and God, for example, in which case use yin yang, liberation, manifestation, anything that, uh, that resonates with you. So generally we start out with personal updates, uh, circle business, and we discuss the concept underlying the ritual. And, um, and that would include the myth that the, the ritual actions are being taken from. So when you think of a ritual, you want to think of a collection of ritual actions that each one is a hypnotic trigger that takes, that, that rhythmically and because you do these actions in a sequence that is repeated from one ritual to the next, it builds up triggers. So when someone is saged, um, which is, uh, the term is smudging, um, when someone is smudged with burning sage or uh, lemongrass or something like that, the scent um, becomes a hypnotic trigger. One has only to smell the scent of the burning sage and we immediately relax and because it's now a trigger to say okay you're entering sacred space and it but it's triggered through the senses and so one of the important things about creating a powerful ritual is that you make sure that you are triggering all of the senses and that's done systematically in uh, uh, my other name for this sample ritual format is uh, Susie's Easy Bake Ritual because it's a lot about a sugar cookie recipe where, you know, you do the same things in the beginning and the end. It's only the middle, the real work 
that you do your variations of uh, what you are trying to accomplish. And that way, you kind of have a basic sugar cookie recipe, but you have a way that you can systematically go about triggering the deep mind to relax and put you in connection with uh, the divine. So if you were doing this ritual, if you were planning to do a ritual with the waxing or the growing moon or the full moon, the intention is to obtain clarity, open new ideas and opportunities, give thanks and encourage growth. For a full moon rite, the intention is to finish the waxing moon work, give thanks, and possibly to begin or set the stage for the work of the waning moon cycle. And if you're working during the diminishing moon, the waning moon, the intention is for clearing, going inward to your own dark places, removing obstacles, negativity, and old attachments that might be blocking the free flow of energy. And that means that you're also working anti-clockwise for that because, again, working that direction in the circle helps to remove those obstacles. Great. So when I say um, energy work, saging and purification, there are lots of different ways of blowing smoke or um, uh, smoke around in in a person's aura is one of the ways, of course. Um, Another way is to sprinkle salt water. Um, That's very, very good for people who have allergy um, to smoke and things like that. Um, it's also very good for places where smoke is, um, there are fire alarms and where smoke wouldn't be, uh, conducive. Um, and there are lots of different ways you can do, if you have Reiki, you can do little Reiki sessions with people. Um, as a Reiki master, I often fill the energy circle once it is cast with the Reiki symbol. So everybody gets a Reiki bath whenever they come to circle. So they automatically get a um, a Reiki treatment <clears throat> with that. So, um, and then I put here a major grounding and I humming the paths of manifestation and liberation. And all that means is you start at the the low tones and work high and then high tones and work down. Um, I would demonstrate that, but I've had a cold and I'm afraid I'd have a coughing fit if I tried to <laughs> to do that for you. But basically you get your body vibrating and that helps you, uh, you know, or, or a little just jumps up and down where you're shaking your body. That's, um, that's a, a technique taken from Qigong. There are a lot of different ways that you can kind of get yourself ready and in the mood. So <clears throat> I'm going to take a break. Uh, remember those questions and uh, 1-866-472-5795. Give me a call with your uh, questions or info at suzypeltier.com and I will be right back. The 7th Wave Channel on The Voice America Network. 
Susie Peltier, Lady Red Hawk, offers private sessions of massage therapy, hypnotherapy, spiritual consultations, Reiki sessions, and trainings in San Francisco, California. She is available for in-person lectures as well as webcasts on a variety of topics such as stress management, holism, motivational speaking, and developing personal spirituality. Susie can also personalize a healing session or a spiritual consultation for you through Skype or by phone using hypnotherapy and distance sessions of Reiki. Susie is a reverend with the Universal Life Church and a third-degree Wiccan priestess performing interfaith pastoral duties such as hospice and family counseling, in addition to a variety of personalized rites such as weddings, house clearings, and memorials. Susie is currently taking applications for students in Wicca and offers circle trainings as well as priest and priestess initiation study programs. To find out more about Susie as a healer, teacher, and priestess, visit her website, www.susiepeltier.com. Email her at info at susiepeltier.com or visit the Facebook page to find out more about Taoist Wicca. Invite meaning and inspiration to your life. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs with Lady Red Hawk. We would love to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about this week's program, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at suzypeltier.com. Now, back to Spiritually Speaking. And we are talking about the um, elements of creating powerful rituals. Um, I left off at a banishing. Now, this is a very, very important piece of the ritual. You have to clear the space out. In a way, let's think of it as if you were um, giving a party. You need to clean house. You need to get your invitations out. So you want to be thinking in terms of who you're going to invite to this ritual and why. And once they're sent out and you're kind of clear on that point, what kind, what you want to kind of do, the reason for having the party and so forth, you clean your house. And that's what a banishing does. It um, clears the space of any negativity any spirits, any anything that would hold you back. And um, so that that's what you're thinking of. I have some sample words here. But you really want to do that from the divine place in your own being. It is not you in your meager strength telling these powers and entities to leave. It's you from your divine place commanding them to leave. And this is, by the way, not so different than what Jesus did when he banished those evil spirits. He was coming from his divine place also, and he was saying that that uh, we could do it too. So there isn't a whole lot of conflict between these ideas. So the next thing you do is cast a circle. 
And to do this, you imagine a big energy bubble or an egg surrounding you. And you're going to pull up from the earth and pull down from the sky and mix in your heart this full intention of casting a cauldron of protection, something that is going to create not only a container for the the energy you're building, but also allow for only that which you allow in, only that which you invite to come in. And that's... and. And then you use either your finger or an athame or a wand and you go, if you're going to work creation magic, then you go clockwise and draw your circle. And I see it more like a big paintbrush that kind of goes along and paints this veil between the worlds, we say. And what we mean by that is between the worlds of ordinary and non-ordinary reality. You're now, within that circle, creating a place where time and eternity meet, where the spiritual truth of yourself can come out and you completely let go of time and uh, other worldly constraints. So it's very important when you come to a ritual or plan a ritual that you don't plan to go to a, a party or go dancing afterward or something else that's got you off focus. That, that being in the moment is how you experience a sacred, um, ecstatic experience. If you're not in the moment, then you, then you'll miss it. Then it'll be dry and rote and something that, you know, bores you instead of opening up into having an altered experience. So once the circle's cast, then we consecrate it. And the word consecrate means to make sacred. So we're making sacred these um, these acts that we're about to do. And then we consecrate these elements. We make sacred each one of the elements. And we bless the circle with each of the elements. And then we call each of the elements. And I, when you're doing that, you, I think of a big gate, fortress gate being opened for each of the elements. So for the east, a big fortress gate opens and, and birds fly in or, um, or there's a, a rush of a spring breeze or something like that, 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 uh, says the powers of air have entered. Or you can do it more from your body. East would be your breath, you know, and or you can think of all, all of the ways that air appears. It appears as breath. It appears as tornadoes. It appears as um, uh, soft spring breezes and so forth. So any, but don't call them empty according to the script. Call them from a place that really is conscious of of these elements when you call them. And the same is true when you call a deity. Really think in terms of or feel that deity. Now, some people see, some people feel, um, some people conceptually know they're there. That's fine. However you do that is entirely up to you. So, um, but once you have the goddess and the god called in, then you make an intention statement. You've got your guests, um, your special guests of your party, 
and now you're going to cut the cake. What are you going to say about why everybody's there? That's your intention statement. And a Wayland binds the power, uh, or or um, I should back up, the intention statement sets the stage for whatever magical work. And what you're doing is trying to create a metaphor between the inner world and the outer world. So if you're letting go of something, maybe burning a symbolic uh, letter or something that, that um, is very powerful to your psyche. <clears throat> um, also, creation magic might be planting some seeds or something like that. So you think in terms of what would be a good metaphor to act out, and it's the experience that makes things things real. Then when you have libations, that's the that's sharing the, the the party, the having the birthday cake with your guests and relaxing a little bit, enjoying things. And um, and then you can end with thanks and prayers. Now some circles they allow the the conversation to drift into secular things and people are relaxing in libations. I don't recommend that. Keep the energy moving, moving forward. <coughs> Excuse me. And then begin your dismissal so there's still energy to work with. So I know that I've gone pretty fast. Um, email me with your questions. But um, I really, really appreciate you coming. And... Um, Remember, info at suzypeltier.com if you're interested in um, being a guest or a sponsorship. And remember, Raven Gramasi will be here next week with Old World Witchcraft and Greenwood Magic. We're going to talk about uh, uh, how aware nature is and how we communicate with plants and what we can learn from that. And... Um, Meanwhile, go to www.facebook.com slash spiritualseekersradio and like me there. And uh, so I want to thank everybody uh, for attending and give this a shot. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Um, the universe loves participation and it is not so much into perfection. So remember, the magic is in you. Merry meet, merry part. And Mary meet again. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to Spiritually Speaking, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Needs. Please join Susie Peltier again next Monday afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have a wonderful week.